When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Uh, uh. Young money, young money, young money. Yeah. Bottles on me, long as someone drank it, never dropped the ball. Fuck are y'all thinking? Making sure the young money ship is never sinking. About to set it off in this bitch, Jada Pinkett. I shouldn't have drove. Tell me how I'm getting home. You too fine to be laying down in bed alone. I can teach you how to speak my language, Rosetta Stone. I swear this life is like the sweetest thing I've ever known. And I can tell just what you No pain. 
folks, that is a vibe and a half. That is a jam. And I, you know, I hate saying the word vibe, but that is a vibe. <laughs> that is a vibe. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. That was two amazing artists. You, you mash up the Drake, the guy, the Drake, and then you mash up the Two Door Cinema Club. Two Door Cinema Club, I believe, is, uh, gosh, if I'm wrong, I think it's an Irish band. I saw them a couple times in the, um, like, 2008, 2009, and they have so many great songs. I strongly suggest you check out uh, their first two albums. I don't know what they're up to, but I got stuck, you guys, in a mashup, like, K-hole, where I, you know, when you, like, or, like, I've already got the interview done, so this should be relatively simple. I got a couple news stories. It should be simple. It's only going to take me an hour. And then I get in front of my computer and I start going with the mashups. And I fell into the darkest hole of like an hour where I was just like typing in bands that I wanted to like. And also there's a band, you guys. I don't know how many of you guys are aware of Rilo Kylie. It's this great band that no longer, they're no longer together. But the lead singer was Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis is very much still out there, has one of the most beautiful female voices in all of rock slash rock country. I don't even know what we consider her alternative, I guess. I don't know. Rilo Kylie was one of my favorite bands. They had four albums. Each one I just thought was so beautiful. Um, I strongly suggest you check out them as well. And I know what you're thinking, Ryan, this is supposed to be a show about pop culture and reality shows, but music always fits into pop culture. I'll get to the reality shows in just one second because we got a lot of big news before we get to our guest today, the one, the only, the legendary Margaret Josephs. So this is a great episode. So please uh, use the timestamps to skip ahead if you do not want to hear me talk reminiscing about my younger days. So Rilo Kylie, I had no clue who they were. Um, and I remember one Valentine's day, it was February 14th. Uh, I was hanging out with a couple of my guys. I had broken up, uh, with my long-term girlfriend from high school and college. And I think it was like my first Valentine's day, um, without anybody. And, uh, I hung out, but I, you know, it was like what it, what it is. And, I hung out with a couple of guys, my guy friends, and um, we hung out at Barney's Beanery, I remember. Barney's Beanery still exists, but that was kind of our go-to bar, which really cracks me up uh, in retrospect. It's also the the bar the, the bar that Janis Joplin had her last drink at before she passed away. Uh, I always thought was, that was fascinating. Um, but they took me to see this band, Rilo Kylie, at the Troubadour. Troubadour you know, world famous, but it's a very small club. And I did not know who Rilo Kali was. To be honest with you, I was kind of like, ah, ah, I'm going to go for the camaraderie of hanging out with guy friends. But uh, I went and I heard this girl's voice and it was, it was truly angelic and beautiful. And it was one of those bands, you know, those things, you guys, whether it be a band or a TV show where you hear it and you're like, this fits so perfectly into my life. This is exactly my life. Not even the lyrics, but just the overall feeling of it, right? It's like when you, uh, I remember when I watched Vanderpump Rules, like season four for the first time, I was like, this is me. This feels like something that needs to be in my life. And there are those moments where your body or your soul or whatever will tell you It'll like communicate some sort of energy and you got to pay attention to those moments, right? 
It's always like people will be like, ah, you know what? That book didn't really uh, take hold of me. But then certain books, for some reason, will take full hold of you immediately. Or movies or somebody's voice or that. You know, it's like you got to pay attention to those things. And I had just this love affair with that band. And I was so sad when they broke up. God, what is it? Like eight or nine years ago now. Um, but Jenny Lewis has a very successful solo career. And I'm always that kind of uh, older dude that's like, man, it'd be it'd be so rad if they got back together, you guys. But I don't see, I don't foresee it happening. But the, my whole point was that I have to make Rilo Kylie mashups because I was searching all over for them and none existed. So I had to. So I went with the Drake and Tudor Cinema Club, but that was after like an hour of searching. I just don't use my time well. How are you folks doing? How was uh how was Monday for you? Was it a easy reentry or was it a rough reentry? For me, it was a little bit of both, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed the pop culture roundup with Sophie. Uh, I don't think we made too many people upset today. I got pretty positive comments. That's always a great sign for the week. You know who I talked to this morning, you guys? I woke up early to talk to Mr. Luke Gulbrinson from Summer House. He actually is not, he was not on tonight's episode. He will be back this upcoming Monday. I will be airing my interview with Luke, I believe, tomorrow with a full recap of tonight's Summer House. Because, hey, I got a few words for Mr. Craig from Southern Charm. Mr. Gaslighter Craig. I'm even not the biggest Page fan in the world, but how dare you? I'm, I want, now I'm like full team. Andrea, look at my cute Italian accent. And the thing is, it's not like anybody needs to be standing up for Andrea. He's like a hot dude that like people like girls just like literally throw their bodies into him. But at the same time, like Craig, we finally got admitted. It finally got admitted tonight that Craig hooked up with Kristen Cavallari. We always thought or I always thought Austin hooked up with Kristen Cavallari, according to the Instagram lives. But now Craig, we know Craig hit, hit it and quit it or Kristen hit, hit it and quit it with Craig because I think Kristen Cavallari is pretty much like I think Chris and Cavallari just like she's more dude than Craig is potentially you know what I'm saying I, I feel like Chris and Cavallari is potentially a very strong woman I could be right I never watched very Cavallari because I just didn't like how the title rhymed with itself I was like I see what you're doing there and I don't love it I'm not gonna watch very Cavallari but, uh, yeah, fascinating. And what do you guys think of? Like, I love mashups, but do we love the mashups? I almost get confused with Southern Charm and Summer House now. It's like they're so intertwined that I'm like, eventually, are we going to just merge? Should we merge the shows? Are we, I mean, are people going to lose jobs if we merge the shows? Because it's getting a little ridiculous. But I will say... Man, we found out a lot more about Craig through Summer House already than we have sometimes with Southern Charm, which I find fascinating. But also, I I, I just watched Summer House. That's why I'm talking so much about it. And I, I guess I should save it for tomorrow. But it's that damn boys club. You know what I'm saying? Men protect other men. It's like Honestly, it's like, you know, Craig's expecting Austin to be like standing up for him and not tell him this shit, but he has a loud mouth when he drinks or what, you know, and it's just so funny. It's like this boys club that Craig uh, counted on being protected by. So he's like, well, you're not even supposed to know about that. That's not fair. <laughs> it is endlessly fascinating. You know, but like, I was trying to tell my friend this, like, the guy friends I have, and maybe this shows like kind of, 
I don't know if it shows how respectful we are or just how damn nerdy we were or are is that we never like I can count on like one hand the number of times I've talked quote unquote sex or sexy talk with my guy friends of like hey this girl did this and this and this like never never nor did anybody ask nor did I ask anybody like tell me what hey tell me what that's like never would ever think to ask oh my god I just realized Margaret Josephs might be listening to this Margaret please skip ahead to your interview I I do this in the beginning if you do I'm I they're used to it but you're not so that could be potentially embarrassing um also big shout out to Bravo and Bravo PR, they have been so nice to to the show lately. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I mean, honestly, amazing. I got to see, even see the Jersey episode that you're going to see tonight. I got to see it early. And that was like, that literally, you guys, was has been on my vision board to get like a screener early. And I know it, I know it's silly, but you gotta like... I was told that you got to even write down those like vision board things for even small goals, like, you know, being able to watch a TV show a couple days early. Like that was huge for me. I was so, so happy. It made me feel like, I don't know, it just made me feel cool. And I think that's all right to admit. I know in the scheme of things, I'm still a dork, but it was really, really exciting for me. And I think you guys genuinely are going to love the show. And what I love about Jersey or any of these shows when they come back, it's like that back to school vibe. Remember when you'd come back from like, summer from like grade school or junior high or even high school and you get to see everybody's new school clothes or the haircut they got and be like wow missy looks a lot different of missy looks a <laughs> i don't even know why i'm using the name missy i don't missy's uh <laughs> missy's uh she's really feeling out nicely <laughs> I, one summer, what, oh my God, you guys, I had this flashback, I was such a weird kid, I'm such a, I'm still a weird adult, but I had this one, I think it was like fifth grade or sixth grade, where I begged my mom, I wanted to, <laughs> I want, <laughs> there were these movies I watched on video, or VHS, and it was The Lost Boys, the horror film, I mean, it's like a horror comedy. It's like with, you know, Kiefer Sutherland and Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. And there was another movie with this actor, River Phoenix, who passed away at the age of 27. A really genius actor. Untimely death. Uh, he's Joaquin Phoenix's brother. And uh, just an amazing actor. Um, but he did this movie called A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon. And... It, nobody's seen this movie or nobody should know about this movie. But when I was a kid, you know, it was like at the video stores, your parents would let you like check out one movie or something. And for some reason I picked out that one, even though it was like, I was a kid. Like I shouldn't be wanting to watch like a, if I, if I'm not mistaken, it was like about a kid about to go to war. I don't know. Matthew Perry was in it too. Way, way, way before friends. Anyways, I, my dream was to look like a cross between Corey Haim and, in Lost Boys and River Phoenix in A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon. So, like, Corey Haim was wearing, like, sports jackets, like, light, like, kind of, I don't know, not tweedish exactly, but it was, like, and then he would wear, like, these really bright pattern uh, button-up shirts 
And I just thought, as a fifth grader, I thought it was like, damn, that looks so damn cool. And he was into comic books and stuff in the movie. And then uh, River Phoenix, like, his hair was all, like, floppy and stuff. And now I have famously curly hair, which I got made fun of for all the time. I got bullied. I got called pubic head all the time. Like, what's up, pubic head? That kind of thing. And then I eventually got called new kid. Because I kind of look like Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block, which I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be cool if I got like Sandra, we should wa- reach out to Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block because I tried to, like, look like him for like a good year because Rachel Beaker, the girl on my street that I grew up on on Olathe, Kansas, loved Joey McIntyre. And so I tried to look like him and I didn't look enough like him for her, but I looked enough like him to like jocks at the school that would shove me into a and be like, fucking new kid. <laughs> hey, the crazy things you do for love, right? Anyways, so I want, I, I, I showed my mom pictures in like Premiere magazine. It used to be this amazing movie magazine. I was like, mom, I want to look like this. And I remember like we went to like Ross or Venture or some whatever. And like we cobbled together an outfit that looked somewhat like the photos, but it was like the raw stress for less version of this look. <laughs> and I thought I looked so cool and immediately got made fun of for wearing like a light, you know, it was a light sports jacket. Normal thing for a fifth grader to do. Totally normal. I suggest for all the fifth graders out there, if your sons or daughters want to know what to wear, I'd always suggest a sports jacket, a fun one. Um, and I, got, I immediately knew it was a mistake. Because I was getting made fun of, and I was like, no, you you don't understand. Have you ever seen A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon? Nobody's seen that movie. Like, Lost Boys was a little bo- like more, and, and by the way, Lost Boys, fun fact, first R-rated movie I've ever seen. And I had to, sorry I'm getting so personal, I, sorry, um, I had to convince my dad, I did a presentation as a kid to my dad to be able to go see The Lost Boys, because... I, this will not shock anybody, I had night terrors. I would have these bad dreams. <laughs> I would have night terrors. And so my dad was very against me seeing any kind of horror, horror movie. And so I had to do a presentation on why I should be able to go see, why he should take me to see The Lost Boys in the movie theaters, R-rated movie. And um, I, you know, and I found, I remember I found a clip in Newsweek magazine, it was a movie review that said, The Lost Boys is no scarier than Michael Jackson's thriller video. And so I said, Dad, I've seen the Michael Jackson thriller video. I've re- I've, I thought it was kind of funny. And I was not scared of Michael Jackson dressed up as a zombie. I was scared of Michael Jackson as Michael Jackson. And so I said that. And then I remember, you know, I said, dreams, dad, what are dreams? Merriam-Webster defines dreams as, and I read the definition of that and I did it. He was like, yeah, that actually all makes sense. And uh, later that night when I was screaming in my night terror after seeing one of the most horrific, no, (laughs) no, but it was like, it was one of those things like, it was like one of those first accomplishments where you're like, as a fifth grader, you're like, I'm really becoming a man. 
you know, my dad took then, but then I got to tell you, my then dad then started like taking me to R-rated movies. Like I remember he took me to this one war movie called Platoon and my dad's been in Vietnam and it was like, oh, what the fuck? It was like, like I saw a guy get like disemboweled and like my dad's like weeping next to me because he actually went to Vietnam. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I was this kid. I was so confused. I was like, this is not the Lost Boys. And he was like, that's exactly what Vietnam was like. And I'm like, why are you taking me to this? I saw swear to God, I will not sign up for the armed services. I swear. That was my dad was like, really like he was so, and he's talked about this on the pod before he would, uh, that was the one thing. Like he would not let me sign up for the armed forces, nor was I, um, trying to. And by the way, this is no bearing on any of our brave, uh, men and women soldiers out there, but he just, because of his v- uh, Vietnam experience, he just never wanted me to, um, ever have to do that, you know, because It wasn't his choice to go. You know, there was a lottery back then. Wow, this really has gone so far off track, but I enjoy sharing stories with you. Anyways, I look like a huge geek and I came across a picture of me uh, and what I thought was so cool. And I look like such a fucking dork, you guys. Like I would have picked on me. On top of it, I got into this really annoying habit around fifth or sixth grade because all I did was read books. Like this was before my parents had cable. And so I would just read books and I, my reading level was really high, but I would carry around like thousand page books. Like I remember carrying around Stephen King's The Stand. And as a fifth grader, that's just not, you know, fifth graders usually aren't reading Stephen King at that point. I remember one time I brought like Gone with the Wind. Like I was just reading bizarre shit that my mom had on her shelves. So I was like reading books that like have no, I was reading like Les Mis and just weird, weird stuff because that's all I did was sit in my room and read books. Wow. And now I have a podcast. Interesting. Okay, you guys. Uh, Ryan, timestamp that at 21.30 so these folks don't have to listen to this. If So you guys just check the timestamps for that. We do have some Bravo news that I want to get into, and it kind of revolves around the show. Uh, yeah, first off, I do want to congratulate something that a uh, project that I've been working on. Uh, Rihanna and myself would like to announce the, um, that we are having our first child and we're very excited about this. No, uh, woke up to the news that Rihanna is, uh, having her first child with ASAP Rocky. So I don't know, like, is the, like, honestly, and I know, I know this probably isn't like, is Rocky his last name? Like, I don't like, how does that work? I think that's just a rap moniker, right? Like, and Rihanna doesn't have a last name at all. She's Rihanna. So what is this kid's last name? I mean, all, all this, like, and the, the baby photos were really cute. You got, or the, the baby announcement photo was really cute. We see Rihanna's belly. They're in the, you know, blizzard in New York. And it was very cute, very heartwarming. And, you know, Rihanna's one of those people that she's genuinely, I think, loved by everybody. You know, like, I don't, have any bad feelings about Rihanna at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she loves housewives. She loves Bravo. She makes great music. Uh, I don't really know lingerie, but everything that I've seen, she's posted pretty hot. Um, I, I don't know. Like everything seems like pretty up and up with Rihanna. So it's like one of those people like Beyonce is actually even 
a little bit more people will be more judgmental or less judgmental about Beyonce than Rihanna. Rihanna seems universally loved. And uh, it's really nice for good things to happen to people that we all love. So congratulations to Rihanna. And by the way, I'm just thankful that Nick Cannon was not involved in this pregnancy at all. Nick Cannon, like I was just so scared when I saw that. I was like, oh my God, please don't be, please don't be Nick Cannon's. Please don't, please don't be Nick Cannon's. Like the guy needs to be stopped by the government at some point. This is not like Nick Cannon is the guy. If like there is like some kind of walking dead situation, Nick Cannon must be saved. He will populate this entire earth if he needs to. I mean, I, I, you know, at this point, do you really like Nick Cannon? They just had the, the, uh, gender reveal for the eighth child. And I mean, I believe like six of these children have all been in the last year and a half span or something like wild like that. But do you think Nick Cannon, like, seriously, do you think, I know babies are miracles and all of this stuff, but do you think at this point he's like, yo, uh, enough miracles. Like, do you think he's like scared to pick up the phone of like, Hey, I'm like, Oh shit. I did it again. Didn't I? Oh no. What are you going to tell? Oh, okay. Okay. You just have COVID. Cool. I thought you were about to say you're pregnant. Oh, you're pregnant and you have COVID. Okay. I got it. Cool. Yeah. Let's support it. Let's do it. He always seems super psyched to have these children, which is an amazing attitude to have. Like it could be worse. You could be that asshole Tristan Thompson, right? So I love that Nick Cannon is super psyched, but I'm also worried that he's super psyched. Like, I think we're all in the back of our heads like, he's going to keep doing this, isn't he? He's not going to stop. Like, what? I mean, I feel like he is building, like we all say, like the Swifties, the Taylor Swift army. I think Nick Cannon is actually building an actual army. Like, not a Nick Cannon fan army, just like a Nick Cannon army. It's just all of his kids. I don't know what they want, but they're dangerous. Um... So that is the good news. Now, this is so fascinating, you guys. I was so... So yesterday, I talked to you guys. I said I wanted to get Jay Edelson on the uh, the podcast because we were talking about the Erica Jane, uh, Tom Girardi, Lion Air, uh, all the victims, the orphans and widows, and trying to get back that money back. And there was so much confusion this weekend. And we had Megan Rooney, the attorney, on to, to answer some questions that I was confused about. And I think we all were. And that the case is definitely getting refiled in uh, L.A., and it got closed in Chicago, but it does not mean Erica Jane is off the hook just yet. And so Sandra, uh, who's been amazing at booking the show, she reached out to Jay for me today. And Jay is not doing any podcasts at this time, um, but he was very nice to give us a direct quote, which I thought, th- and this is no joke here. I know I'm very jokey and have been this entire 22 minutes, but this is very serious. And I thought this was such great information. He wants us to know, his direct quote is, the new complaint we are going to file is going to be fairly explosive. We have now gotten information from Bravo through our case, including unaired footage as well as evidence from the bankruptcy trustee. We feel very confident that we will be able to prove to a jury that Erica knew about Tom's fraud and directly benefited from it. And that's Jay Edelson of Edelson PC, attorney on behalf of families of the victims of the 2018 Lion Air plane crash. Wow. First off, thank you so much, Jay Edelson, for taking the time to give us a quote. Um, And uh, that really, you know, it really kind of shows you also how media works. We had a real big misinformation campaign going this weekend where people ran with this closing, the complaint closed down in Chicago and moved to L.A., And then in a rush to post, like we all do, Us Weekly, a lot of big accounts and publications 
put, oh, Erica Jane found not guilty, which, by the way, it's not about guilt or innocent at this point. It's about getting the money back to these victims. Um, and so Erica Jane, knowing damn well what happened, because she has pretty good lawyers, started reposting these things on her stories, saying that she was found innocent, da-da-da, da-da-da. And so Jay Edelson immediately on Twitter was like, yo, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, guys, that's not the case at all, at all. And this is really not helping anything. And I just found that fascinating because it really shows you these days how media works because media works so fast, right? Like in a day, so many things can change. And I, I talked about yesterday how that first thing, the wrong thing, usually gets more eyes on it than the right thing, the correction later on. And it's just how like some people's eyes aren't on their computer screens or plugged in all the time, which we shouldn't have to be. So there's got to be some place for actual truth or actual information that's been vetted. And I don't know where to tell you that is yet. You know, I try to give you correct information, but this is pretty much a a podcast that's supposed to make you laugh and be silly um, and have some good interviews and kind of listen to some good music, just just a chill out session. But I really thought this was very important. And it's really not about being an Erica Stan or an Erica hater. Uh, It really is something that I got really personally offended by the idea of Tom Girardi stealing from these victims. Like just flat out stealing. And I also got offended when Erica Jane kind of relished in the baubles of this lifestyle. And it seems like she's really clinging on to keep this, to keep this lifestyle. And my good friend, Garcelle Bouvet from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the talk show, The Talk, which I'm going to play a clip for, a clip of in just a second, seems like she kind of agrees with me. And I was very comforted to hear her words today. And you're going to hear them in a second. And I thought this was just amazing. And her co-hosts, of the talk uh, explain their feelings as well because they had actually been in a scene in the upcoming season with Erica Jane and uh, now the picture that they posted that night with Erica Jane in in front giving a really dead weird glare into the camera makes a lot more sense. But it's this thing of, and what I was talking to Megan about yesterday's show was I just don't get if you're close to being scot-free, why not give everything back you know he was like oh this means so much to me great but do you understand it means so much to you but it was it was bought from stolen money and we need it to pay the money owed to the victims and it feels like she might be rationalizing this and we can only speculate and I'm only speculating and also I do want to point out and I pointed out on the post I did on Instagram with this direct quote Always take everything with a grain of salt. Always take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm not saying question everything like everything's a big conspiracy, but also we do have Google for a reason. Within a couple of clicks, it's kind of amazing that we actually can do this research. But don't believe everything you read. It's more exciting to believe some of this crazy, crazy thing because it just really, I get excited about it. I really genuinely do. But like even that Austin Kristen Cavallari thing I was talking about early from Summer House, I sat here for the last year, almost positive Austin slept with Kristen Cavallari. Tonight, we get confirmation that it was Craig. But since what I saw was Kristen Cavallari on Austin's shoulders in that Instagram live, and he, you know, we were trying to make Madison LaCroix jealous, in my head, that's what happened. And now the actual truth is something completely different. But what I speculate with Erica is 
I don't know. Like, I almost think her sense of right and wrong is very skewed. And I think she's also one of those people, since her husband did work in law, she thinks she, I know how law really works. Everybody's a crook. Everybody's a criminal. You got to look out for you and yours, honey. And I think it's kind of that attitude of, listen, I know behind the scenes, everybody's a crook. And that, I've told you many times, is what scares me, right? Is there any real money out there? Is there any real good out there? Because it seems like a lot of people are just out for their, you know, out for them and theirs. And it's all about greed. It's all about how much you can accumulate. And Erica was doing really well up until this point. So it's uh, like when you lose a big hand uh, in Monopoly and you start having to sell off your park place. You know, and you only have little little Baltic Avenue or whatever that crap is. And you're like, I'm going to lose this Monopoly game. I used to have so much. I used to have so much money. And now I'm paying everything out. It's got to be really scary. And I do empathize with that. But at the same time, there is a right and wrong. And we do have to have some set of laws, right? We do have to agree at some point. And we see this, and I hate to get too deep, but we see this, uh, you know, a huge problem right now is, you know, people can walk right into stores and they can steal things or they'll smash and grabs. And, you know, their security guards, rightfully so, are told not to endanger their lives. So we get all of this kind of lost property and it's like, yeah, screw them, screw them. They're corporations. They can, they're, they're, uh, they, they're fine. And they, yeah, most likely they are fine. But do we have a set of rules or do you have a set of rules or morals that you actually stand by? You know, is there right and wrong? And I think since these shows, silly enough, do mirror some form of reality, not mine, but sometimes there's elements that I recognize. I do want there to be a right and wrong. We do have to agree that this is wrong, right? And it shouldn't be, unfortunately, it shouldn't be, well, Erica's given us so many hit songs, so many club bangers. Why don't we just let her keep those $750,000 earrings that she was wearing in Aspen? I did get sent the pictures. Looked like she was wearing those damn earrings, which is really ballsy after all of the stuff that happened this weekend. But that's kind of Erica, right? Super ballsy, right? She don't give a fuck. And people can love that and say, you fierce girl, you go girl. Ooh, yes, girl. Ah, slay girl. But come on, right? You know, she picked a bad horse, you know, Tom was a, a crook and a cheater. And and we'll see. Jay Edelson's quote was very damning, but what was very exciting, wasn't it exciting to hear unaired footage? I was like, damn it. Why don't we just all pitch in and make these victims get all their money back by our money? And he gives us the unaired footage. Are they sitting on unaired footage of last season of Beverly Hills? Are you insane? I want that so bad. I want that was the best season ever. I want that so bad. I really do. Jay, if you're listening, I would like to help make your clients whole. We all would. Would you agree to give us that footage so we can do what we want? We'll show it at the Buca de Beppo party in a month and a half, and we will... I mean, it would just be wonderful. It would just be wonderful, wouldn't it? But anyways, enough of me blabbing. I want to let you listen to Garcelle. Uh, if you don't know, she is a talk show host as well, a daytime talk show host, which I think she's talked about on the Beverly Hills show. And uh, she's really good at it. And this is what they talked about on today's episode. Also, this is a five minute clip. So grab your popcorn. Uh, yeah, just grab the, the kids. Let's listen around a campfire and uh, five minutes 
and then we'll come back on the other side. Up first, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane might have to surrender $750,000 worth of diamonds. A bankruptcy trustee is not playing around about her diamond earrings, claiming Erica's estranged husband bought them with stolen client money. According to court docs, Tom Girardi bought the very expensive diamond earrings back in 2007 from M&M's Jewelers using a money that was in a client trust account at his old law firm, Girardi & Keyes. The trustee in Girardi & Keyes bankruptcy case alleges Tom hid the transaction by describing the purpose of the check on G & Keyes trust account as a cost item paid to M&M. The trustee is now mandating that Erica surrender the diamond earrings to the bankruptcy estate. The judge hasn't made an official ruling yet, but Erica may have to give up the diamonds if the bankruptcy trustee wins the case. So, ladies, what are your thoughts? If I knew this information and I had those diamonds, I would not want those diamonds. My, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing I have diamonds that were paid for with money that was robbed from innocent families and I would be like, I would want to turn those in. I, I don't want those earrings. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything else to say. What that just he seems did, like the right thing to do. You know, allegedly to those victims, it's horrible. Just, it's horrible. Just horrible. And I would, I mean, I would just get rid of everything. That yeah. all the gifts that he gave me. I mean, I know that that may seem extreme, but there are people that are still suffering to this day yes. because they didn't <clears throat> receive the funds, you know, that they should have uh, received. So I don't even see why this is a question. For the loss of their family members. You can always yeah. buy other diamonds. I think I don't know everything, but I feel like... If I was in Erica's shoes, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I would give up the diamonds give up. quickly. I believe she's giving them to a third party until it's decided if she does have to give them back. But I agree with you. There's so much more that she could do just to... Even if she's not guilty of knowing everything that Tom was doing, yes. but this is a way of saying, I have compassion for you. Right. And therefore, take the take jewelry. It. Take, take it. it. I don't even take want it. Take the necklace. I mean, That's when what she I mean. shows up for work, yeah. she is diamond out. Yeah, I'd be like, you know? I so want she's no got parts. a lot. So getting rid of those diamond earrings is not going to hurt her. Yeah, she got a lot. So why are you, you know, yeah. I don't Man, know. Man, I would be like, it ain't even about what I have or what I took. If that was the last pair of diamonds I had, I'd still want to turn them over. Right. You know, like, why is this even a discussion? If somebody ever brought this to my attention and said, hey, this may have been, even if it was a, I'd be like, take them. Here, take it, because I don't even want. Take them. I would not want to be associated with any of that. I wouldn't want to be associated with the idea of that. I wouldn't want people to even think that these grand things that I own right. came from, from that situation. Like that right. just, I would be like, And you wouldn't no get questions. the joy out of wearing them. No. Do you remember when we went to Garcelle's birthday party? Yeah. And she came over to me and you? Yeah. And was trying to talk to us, and we were like this. <laughs> I mean, I was tr- I was trying to hear her out because you always want to hear someone out. Yeah, but I just felt like you know you didn't want to hear anything. So yeah, you no, I was just like, first of, of all, I'm on camera, you know, <laughs> and you like you know you coming yeah. over here. And she was like, you know, the people that believe me the most. They, they, 
She did. And I was like... She actually pointed out her own skin and said, they are not yeah, this. Yeah, that's what she said. She I was, was like, like, those are the people that are against me and the ones that are riding with me are the people that, that look and like And I was like, us. oh, here we go. But she did, she did make a few good points and what she was saying at that time was that she really had no idea. But my thing is, now that you do have an idea, Give you need to the rectify jewels. the situation. Yeah. She was genuinely saying that in a lot of situations, and we grew That's up with people in saying. the- That's what she said. I was so lit. I know, so was I, but <laughs> I, I was trying like, to pay attention. Everybody was lit I was trying to pay attention. Party. I've never seen such a thing. She was <laughs> saying, was listen, gone. there's some people whose husbands like, have whole other families, and they yeah, don't know about- giving, She like, was saying some things, like, and I was like, yeah, and then that's what okay. I, was, I was trying to walk away. I was trying to drink my drink because I was getting on a flight. Me, talking, and I she was did. like, where's Garcia? This <laughs> <laughs> woman telling me because I would have to go to the court of law. Your okay. honor, she, she, she was like, and have on the court. It was a lot. They gonna have me over there. Oh, oh you know, my in court. god, you guys. So, yeah, yeah, but definitely. So please do the right thing. Hopefully, do, the, do the, right the right thing. Just do the right thing. Rectify yeah. the situation and get yourself as far away from any of that. Yeah. Do the right thing. Do damn. Wasn't that wild? You guys got to watch the video as well. But I mean, what they're also that one moment where, I mean, first off, I love that Erica Jane is potentially going to every party and just going up to strangers going, you know, I'm innocent, right? You know, me, look at me, look at my life. <laughs> Maybe you know me from this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Anyways, I had no idea what Tom Girardi was doing. Like, I I mean, it, it, it that is wild. She's going up to these ladies that she doesn't really know and like telling them intimate details about her case in life and that shit about the skin. That's why she was basically saying, I mean, I think you guys heard it, but you know, she, she goes up to an African-American woman and saying that African-Americans ride with me and my color of skin pointing to her skin do not. What the hell is she saying? I mean, that, like, do you, you guys see that, that, like, am I the, that blows everybody's mind, right? Or is that just, am I over, am I overblowing that? That to me is just wild. And I'm like, we have got this an upcoming season might be better than last season. And last season was damn well, damn good. But my God. But I thought they made a lot of great points is that even if you didn't know what she is saying to these ladies and she, the ladies even lo I love that they said she made she made some good points. I love that. But also now that you do know, you got to fix it. Unfortunately, you got to fix it for the douchebag that got you in this situation. Right. So I thought that was endlessly fascinating. And it looks like. Man, it looks like I might be clocking in for duty with Beverly Hills way early because this stuff, like what I love about it, like I said earlier, it's just it. we know so much about pop culture now and we studied it. And this is like a pop culture story on steroids because it involves the law. It, it involves reality shows. It involves somebody that thinks they can sing. It involves all of this cast of characters. I mean, this is one day they will make a movie like a Lifetime movie, but still a movie of this saga. I swear to God. You guys, that was our uh, that was our quick little ditty. I will put timestamps on that story. I'll put timestamps on the Beverly Hills little bit right there. And I'll put timestamps on our guest.
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Folks, it's that time of every episode that we get to talk about our sponsor. And this week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by my friends at Ana Luisa. Uh, it is the new year. And uh, I know we all want to reinvent our style, right? So that's why you got to go to Ana Luisa Jewelry. Um, Ana Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They are 100% carbon and water neutral, but it's also like really pretty. You know, if you ask me, they actually sent me a couple uh, of things that I got to choose. And uh, hey, mom, if you're listening, you might be getting a Valentine's Day gift. But they really were beautiful. They're, they, they, they're for all ages. I thought they were really, really pretty and very cool and actually very affordable. Their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. So you can layer your necklaces together, as I see a lot of ladies doing these days. Uh, Anna Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, has timeless jewelry for any occasion. A cute ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries. Uh, there's a dainty bracelet for when you pick up an iced coffee and luxurious necklaces that make your friends think, yo, she's making a lot of money. Uh, she's wearing a necklace like that. But the best part is Anna Luisa jewelry starts at $39. The prices are incredible. With our code SOBAD, you can get 40% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. That is 40% off, you guys. That's huge. I'm not a math guy, but that's almost 50%, which is almost half off. That's exciting. So at Anna Luisa, once again, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list, a friend, a partner, a sister-in-law, a daughter to spoil, or even yourself. Yeah, 
Yeah, just buy something for yourself. It's so easy to do. I do it all the time on the computer. It's wild. Plus, the gift guide on their website, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to browse most gifted options. And that's really important because I went on their website, you guys, and they had so much to choose from. But that was an actual great place to start because... uh, I'm trying to learn more about jewelry now, but it's actually awesome. They show you what their bestsellers are, things that you should pay attention to. Um, While you're at it, if you're going to get yourself a necklace, why don't you throw one in for your sister? Why don't you throw one in for that cousin that you barely speak to, but it's kind of a nice thing like, hey, I remember you. Just buy jewelry for everybody because you're getting 40% off anyways. Uh, Oh, how could I forget? New jewelry collections are released every Friday. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Uh, So get yourself and your loved ones the perfect gift with up to 40% off. Check out Ana Luisa at shop.analuisa.com forward slash so bad. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And if you guys have a problem, always email me. Uh, I know you guys are going to love them. And now back for the remainder of our show. Uh, You know her. You love her. Real Housewives of New Jersey will premiere tonight, so I thought, what a way to give you a taste. Um, I had not seen the first episode at this point because this was a couple of weeks ago. We do get to talk a little bit about it. I will say the Teresa Louis relationship is very focused, not only in the first episode, but from what I hear, the entirety of the season. And uh, Margaret does allude to... um, potentially an explosive fight. Uh, what I'm hearing is between Margaret, Margaret and Teresa, but also Margaret is a classy lady and did not get fully into it. She did say she will come back uh, at some point during the season and we'll get to talk more about the season. But the th- cool thing about Margaret, it just kind of makes you, I love talking to these ladies most of the time because it just shows you why, why they're cast in the first place. Like they're just kind of amazing women they have just a great spirit about them. Um, they, they're funny. Like, Margaret's a riot. I still, she invite, She said I could come to her house if I'm over, ever over in that the neck of the woods. What if I just move there? I'm like, hey, Margaret, I'm here. Let me, let me, like, because I think that is one of the, like, I love her decorative sense. Oh, and it was so cool, you guys. In the background, her dude, her dude walked in the background. Like, it, it's always nice to be like, wow, they really do live there. And they're really... They're really husband and wife. They're really, you know, like he was right there walking by the window. We heard the dog bark in the other room. I love that stuff. I leave that stuff in there because it really, it gives me such a kick to know this is the reality is that it's like, this is just them being them. And I want you to hear that too. Cause I get so excited about it. Uh, but she was so cool. Her book is so great. You guys, uh, if you have not checked it out, check it out. Um, I have a copy Samaj. Samaj got me a signed copy of Margaret Joseph's book. Uh, Samaj is amazing. You guys probably all know Samaj already. Uh, but if you don't, uh, go check out his podcast. I believe it's called I Am Cancelled. No, I. Uh, what is it, Samaj? I'll, I'll update the, the show tomorrow. Uh, for more information about Margaret Joseph's, you're going to go to margaretjosephs.com. It has everything because she has like 
so many different uh, things that she's working on. But remember, she is an actual businessman. She's been doing this forever and been doing this in a very, very competitive business and very successful at it. This is one person that actually doesn't need the show, which is wild. But like I said, her book, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget, is amazing. I love the audiobook because I just love her voice. But uh, go to MargaretJosephs.com because it's a great landing page for everything that she has going right now. And it is a lot. But this season, if the first episode is any indication or that preview, the two and a half minute preview, which maybe I'll put that at the end of the episode just for like to get you all pumped. It's going to be good, you guys. And like I said yesterday, the last minute we get a revelation that was just I was like, no way. I don't know. So anyways. Here's Margaret. We talk about her book. We talk about her products. We talk about Jersey. Uh, she's just endlessly fascinating. And she's one of those people that you could really talk to forever. And she was just genuinely nice. So complimentary of me and the show, which therefore is a compliment to you guys. And she took the time out of her schedule to do this. So uh, here she is, Margaret Josephs. And tonight, the Real Housewives of New Jersey, set your DVRs because we will be talking about it later in the week. Of course we will. And I have a good guest to recap it with me. So uh, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. And here she is, Margaret Josephs. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today we have somebody that is so good. They're great. Uh, I have been wanting to speak to her for so long. She really is a legend and one of the best casting decisions Bravo has ever made. Now you're going to see her once again on season 12 of the upcoming season of Real Housewives of New Jersey, where she has been a cast member since season eight. Uh, you do know also she is a published author. Her book, Caviar Dreams, uh, Tuna Fish Budget, we found out all about last season and now it is out it is in your hands or your ears which by the way i have a copy uh to read with my eyes and i also have the audio copy because you know you gotta listen to her voice she has an amazing voice but she's also a businesswoman a designer there's like i mean she has her hands in everything i want to get into this immediately margaret josephs welcome to the show oh my god i'm so excited to be here ryan thank you so much for having me um, I want to, you know, this is not visual, but I want to explain she is in a uh, pink room, which is her office. She is known for having one of the coolest houses on any cast member of New Jersey. Your taste oh, is you. so kind of amazing. I'm friends with Tracy Morrissey and Pet Shop Boy, and I know they've oh, been there. And have. I I always, when Tracy posted a photo, I'm like, are you at, are you at Margaret's right now? Are you, because it's, you you have such unique taste. You know exactly where you are if you step yeah. foot in your house. I know. Listen, I'm not your typical Jersey house. And I always say it's like very vintage Hollywood, vintage glamour. And I love it. And I'm obsessed with wallpaper. Everybody doesn't always love it. But I am, listen, I have very distinct taste. And, <laughs> and it's not for everybody, but I'm not a McMansion. I'm not a New Jersey McMansion. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I, I love. That's why it's like the flair you bring to the show. And it's also your genuine style, which I think the book, you even get more of who you are. And I was looking at the pictures again, and it's hysterical. Just the <laughs> amount of hairstyles, you guys. She had like a, a mohawk at one point, it seemed like, with like, it yes. was like a Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, you know. <laughs> mullet like, mohawk. Yeah, it was, like a, it was like a mullet, but it was attractive. It was so weird. It, it, I had so many feelings about it. Um, are you... 
are you happy to have this book out of the way? Because I know it was such a process for you. And are you extremely proud of what you did in the book? Yes. I mean, you're absolutely right. I'm happy. It was writing. It was a labor of love. It was uh, an entire therapy session of crying, laughing, reliving everything. And I am happy it is over. Um, I did have to revisit it because the paperback's coming out. We decided <laughs> we, we had to add an extra chapter with, uh, we chose to do it with Marge Sr. So there's an extra Perfect. chapter that we did with the senior about her Q&A and how she felt about it, about her life. So that's going to be fun. But no, I am happy. I am very, very proud of it because I did talk about a lot of things that people mm-hmm. don't know about me that happened before the show. I've had a business for now 20 plus years. Which is I, Macbeth, right? Yeah, the that's part Macbeth of- collection by, yeah, by me. And it just, you know, there's so many facets of it and people don't understand licensing. So I explained all about that and everything I went through with that. And I always say I had a lot more money before I joined the show and <laughs> a lot more <laughs> successful uh, prior to that and everything I went through. And also that about me being a mom in my first marriage and the way I met my husband and everybody thinks it's like he was the plumber and he came in the house and I, you know, he fixed the pipes the first day he got there. You know, so I think there was a lot of things that people didn't know about me. And, I, and that's why I felt so great writing the book. How many housewives have come to you for business advice? Because you really, I mean, you did really start this from scratch. And I mean, like you were on Oprah's uh, 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 oh, to yeah. get, yeah, the the list. I mean, really kind of these, this amazing career that you've had that, I mean, you've highlighted on the show, but I don't think people really truly understand what a business uh, woman you are. Uh, do a lot of people come to you for advice now in the Bravo a universe? Lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, I've had people in the Bravo universe reach out to me. I also give unsolicited advice and I think someone's <laughs> making a mistake. Yeah. No, but I've had other women from other franchises reach out. I've given, I think, some sound advice, uh, some women on my cast as well. And and I think they do value my opinion. I mean, some people think, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. And of course, they don't have a business, so they don't know what. <laughs> but no, I've been very blessed to work with great women. And a lot of women on the, fr- some women on the franchise really know what they're doing and have been able to advance themselves. And some women don't. And I think when the show ends, they'll be sorry. But, you know, that's yeah. Fine. I mean, but the nice thing about that, you know, uh, all the the Bravo celebrities I talk to, you know, it's interesting that a lot of people, it's like the NFL where they don't have plans after retirement yes. from the show. And I'm like, what I what what I love about you is that like we don't have to worry about you. You've got your like no matter where you go, if you go left, right, zigzag, the show is like an accoutrement to you rather than the main bread and butter. You know? Yes, thank yes, thank God, and I love it, and it follows my real life, and the show is absolutely amazing. But you can't. You know, that's supposed to follow your existing life. It can't be your whole life, right? It's supposed to follow your reality. And I and I always say that to the girls. Girls, this can't be your whole life. You know? It's yeah. Like, and it can easily become it because it is so fun and it is amazing and it's such great opportunities. But it has to really be an enhancement. Well, now I want to ask a couple uh, questions uh, and we'll kind of dance around this a little bit in terms of the upcoming season. But just even mentally, do you get in a mental state right before filming of like, I'm about to go to war potentially. And then right before it's released, like as of next, you know, February 1st, we're going to see this. Is there an anticipation or a fear of how the audience is going to take it? Uh, You know, you've been in this now five seasons. What is the feeling like leading up to this? And, and, and what's the difference between leading up to filming? You know, uh, leading up to the show airing, you I see it with the viewers literally two days before. So I am going to see exactly what you're seeing, Ryan. You probably will see the first episode before I do. So I just know, you know, I lived it. So it's reliving it. Um, I don't get that anxious. 
I'm always excited to watch it. And I think everybody, the viewers have their favorites and you never know whose side they're going to be on in uh, the difference of opinion, as I would like to call it, and the arguments. And I'm always sometimes surprised on their reaction. But because everybody doesn't think alike. I think we're also opinionated on this show and so different. That's why my cast works so well, because we really are such different people. Yeah. So I don't get that hysterical. And going into the season um, when we're about to film, I, I'm always looking forward to it. I'm always, you know, I'm always excited. I'm excited to see the ladies again. I'm excited to get back together. And I'm always thinking, you know, I really love these girls. I mean, what do we get? There's no way we're going to have an argument. And believe me, someone does something that's so annoying and so ridiculous. Well, I mean, the first, the first episode of last season ended at your place with Jackie and, and Tree yes. going at it. I mean, like, and your face was amazing in that scene. It was like a silent movie star of like, ah, ah, ah. I mean, like, I mean, I can't imagine. So it's like that one episode I remember going, oh my gosh, this is about to be a batshit season. And I, you know, and I wonder as you get further into this as a housewife, do you not self-produce in your head, but are you aware of like, okay, that's going to be in the first episode. I got to watch, you know, like that's, 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 that's explosive, you know? Yeah. You, you do know, you know, you just know chronologically the way you filmed it um, and what was happening throughout the season. And you kind of know what's go- going to make it. I always say we also have a lot of fun, but all the interesting stuff is the craziness. And this season is, again, um, a lot of that. There's a there's a lot going on uh, with everybody. You know, Teresa has a new boyfriend, Jennifer. Oh, and- does she? I, I'm not aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not it's not prevalent on social media whatsoever. She's really kept it a secret. And but I don't want to be spoiler alert. Yes. She's okay, engaged. interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought her whole storyline was her playing the saxophone or something this yeah, season. Who yes, knows? Yeah. yes, yes. Um, so uh I but I just always have this picture in my head of like a training montage of all the housewives getting ready to go back to filming and they're like working out and yes, getting, yes. you know, um or getting plastic surgery. That's what I mean. Like, and yes. see, like, I mean, getting to see the cast members again and see who did what to their faces. I mean, by the oh, way, you well, had like that's a an amazing refresh uh, a oh, couple of seasons you. ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had. I mean, when I started the show, I mean, I already had had my eyes done in my early forties. But when I got on the show, I, I just literally, I just had moved into this house two weeks before that. Um, I should have had a facelift then, but I had a horrible lawsuit in my business. And I, you know, I didn't even know I was going to do the show. It was literally two weeks. Um, I got cast because they came to me. I had known about it from, you know, a few years ago, they had come to me. I said, no. So it was like, boom, I had no time to do anything. And I was like, holy Jesus. After I saw myself the first season, I was like, Lauren, you're like a little pork chop. You got to get your face done. And the show was like, well, your mother's getting her face done. Why don't you wait another year? You know, we can't cover two facelifts, whatever. So Marge Singer got her face done before me. So of course I was like- Was there an actual conversation with your mom of like, mom, why are you, why are you beating me to the facelift on the show? Like that's- that's she was just, it was kind of like one of those things. It was just, she had her schedules and I was like, all right, fine. So she did her facelift and then I did my, and I was like the best thing I did. And then getting the boobs lifted and reduced was like the second best thing. And then, you know, and then of course I got veneers on my teeth. Cause I, you know, I, I did have a crossbite and then I always wanted to do that. And everyone's like, ah, your teeth aren't big enough for your mouth. And then when I get my teeth down, they're like, your teeth are too big. You know, you can't make everybody happy. Ryan. That's but what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, welcome to being like having memes made about you again. It's fine. I'm very, I feel happy. I feel refreshed. I feel like I look like I did when I was younger. So um, I'm, it's good. 
Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the book is so amazing, you guys, because it's almost like, you know, Batman's origin story of how did this person get to where they are today? And we see a lot of it in the show or we get to talk about a lot of it in the show. But this you actually get to live that with her and you see all of the stages of her life. And, you know, Mark Sr., we joke about like fate, but like this, you guys, the bond you guys had of her raising you was really kind of. A, a really kind of a tale of strength, emotion, all of this stuff. I mean, I love the book for that because you get it from the show, but this actually digs in. Yes. And I mean, listen, Mark Singer is only 20 years older than me. I always say we we really raised each other. Yeah. Uh, because she was a single mom in the 70s, which wasn't common. She's a Hungarian immigrant. And we had, I listen, I always had a very unique upbringing. I was raised by wolves. and But it was, we are so bonded. And the mother-daughter relationship is very complex in general. And Marcy and I, we, we might fight all the time, but we get over in two seconds. We're extremely close, um, very intimate uh, relationship, very, very deep. And I think a lot of people could learn from it because I don't harbor any resentment. You know, things happened to me in my childhood that didn't happen to everybody else. A lot of people grew up in a very traditional home and I could harbor resentment from certain things. Maybe she wasn't always present. She was working, she was with her boyfriend or, or something was happening. But I think it's the way we've moved past things and healed from it and, and grown stronger. And I think that's a great story for people to read and hear. I think so too. And, and to see where you guys are at today, when, yes. when we first met Marcinior, did you get a kick out of the audience reaction to her? Did you know that they were going to fall in love with her? What was, I mean, were you scared? Like, ah, I, they, I'm, I'm fine if they say whatever I want about me, but were you nervous about having your mom out there? I was a little worried about Marge Singer because she is a character, but I love that everybody embraces her and thinks she's so adorable and fabulous and, and everybody just loves her. And I know, and the way Andy Cohen feels about Marge Singer, he gets such a kick out of her. You know, she's allowed to be her quirky self and people get a big kick. So it makes me so happy that at this age, people just embrace her so much. Yeah, I mean, they truly do. And I, I think that's one of the great things about these uh, housewife shows, especially is the mother-daughter uh, relationship. There are some really special mothers that we have grown to love on all of these franchises. Yes. And the other thing that this highlights, and of course, we have to talk about the husbands, is yes. this show, especially Jersey, especially Jersey, highlights the husbands. This is like, they've got like some kind of rat pack going on with these guys. <laughs> they do. Well, I mean, are you, uh, were you surprised to see the love thrown, uh, not only your husband's way, but all the men's way? Because I talked to Frank Catania uh, Sr. Uh, a couple months ago, and it's just so funny how men take things as opposed to women, because it's almost like, yeah, they're going to do what they do. We love, you know, it's very interesting the real, like the things that men think about, like, ah, I don't want to fight. It's over. You know? No, the men on our show are amazing because no matter what the women are doing, they're just fine getting along. They don't get into the drama. They're so easy um, because, you know, they're genuine friends all year round. Yeah, like They go out to dinner all the time. Joe, uh, Joe squared, I call them Joe Gorga and my husband, Joe, uh, work together all time with Frank and my husband works with Frank. So they genuinely work together, which is so nice. And the other guys like Evan and Bill, they'll all go out to dinner together. So it's really fabulous. And this year, I, Barber, you know, he's a friend They fits right in perfectly. Yeah, I think they only hang out with Bill just to see how drunk they can get him each time. <laughs> I know. Poor Bill. They really, <laughs> they really haze him. 
Uh, and and in your in your opinion, is Joey Gorga's stand up right up there with Dave Chappelle? Where are you in terms of stand up? Uh, is he your favorite stand up comedian? I mean, you know, he's my favorite stand up house husband comedian. <laughs> I mean, because he's the only one. He's, I give him a lot of credit that he goes up there. You know, listen, sometimes I tell him, I'm like, don't say that, don't say that. But you know what? He's got balls the size of a dinosaur. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. If somebody said that about me, I'd be thrilled. Like, that's yes, a great Yes, I give him a lot of credit. I give him a lot of credit. But I always, you know, I always tell him, you know, I'm always saying, say this, say that, say that. You know, he, he's, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, what, what can I say? He's funny to a point, but I'm always like, Joe, maybe I'm going to write some material for you. <laughs> I, by the way, I would love to have a scene of you heckling Joey Gorga at a show. Like that I would know, be amazing. That would, that would be funny. Um, your business was already uh, in motion, very successful. What did the show uh, bring to you? Did it bring an audience to promote the business too? In what ways did the show help you or did it hurt you in your business? In any um, way? It's, a double-edged sword. It's been amazing to the fact is it's been a great platform because a lot of people didn't even know I had a business. I was like a download brand because I sell the masses. Um, I have an amazing line, the Candy Couture on Walmart, you know, because I have a little sister brand called Candy Couture. That's great. Um, I have, so a lot of people didn't know that. So that's really pumped that up. But then a lot of people, you know, my lawsuit blew up the first year I got on the show because they're like, oh, she's I on Housewives of New Jersey. It's like, yeah. So it's like a double-edged sword. My lawsuit blew up 10 times bigger. You know, once you're in the public eye, everybody, you know, wants a piece. But it, it has been very, very positive. And I think that's been very good for me. So because people could know about it. Yeah, you know, definitely. The business and more publicity. Now, this was a storyline, uh, you know, leading up to the book and in your book, but it really is a very important story about, uh, you know, uh, men in the industry that you were and the yes. relationship you had with the bot, you know, and so many women had reached out and said, like, this is actually this happens all the time still to this day, not just in the 70s, not just in the 80s, you know, yes. like, did you feel trepidation about being that honest and sharing that much, not only in the book, but the show? And, and you did, did you have a lot of positive uh, feedback from women about that? From, you know, I did have a little trepidation. Um, I changed all the names in the book. I wasn't looking to get the men in trouble. This was a long time ago. Uh, it wasn't anything about that. It was about just because women have a very hard time sharing. They feel a lot of shame about it. And I was just like, you know, you see a lot of strong women and people take it as a sign of weakness. And it's not because things have happened to so many women and they have no one to relate to. And it's something you bury. And I, I had never even told my mother. These yeah. Things. I just totally put it out of my head. Oh, I am so sorry. The dog is barking. Guys. No, Joe, all, Joe all good. Joe, yeah. Joe. I just, I just saw Joe walk by. Was, yeah. Um, could someone grab the dog? I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> I love this. I love this. You actually have a life. This is I know. Exactly yeah. Joe is, Joe is uh, coming to the house. The dog <laughs> so anyway, so I think, um, so from the audience and, and people who watch the show and friends of the fans of the show, um, so many women had written to me and said, Marge, thank you so much for sharing. Now, uh, unfortunately, some of my castmates um, were not as receptive. And I found that very shocking. And they didn't understand and could not relate. And that was very disappointing, um, beyond disappointing. And I couldn't believe it. Like you slept your way at the top. You did this. You did And anybody who says that um, obviously is not very worldly, not very educated and not really for women. And that really, I was taken aback. So it seems like you're in a good place with Jennifer right now. 
you know, like <laughs> something comes to light, um, you know, it's more about her. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel bad. Ab- and I feel bad. about. Well, we see a little bit in the teaser. I don't know if that's what you're talking yes. about, but if yes. you guys watch the teaser and I, we can't really get into too much of it because we got to have it be a surprise for everybody. But the trailer, I mean, did you, did you notice any dirty tricks in the trailer of like, oh, they're making it seem this one way, but it's not about that at all. Or is it pretty honest to what it's we're going to experience? Honest. It's pretty honest of the experience. And, you know, no, and I have no issue with Jennifer. I just think we come from very two different worlds. And um, I come from a very big life experience and my world is very large and vast because I do grow up with a single mother. I've worked, I've had many jobs. I'm very well-traveled. I've had two husbands. I've done a lot more. And, you know, we've had very different life experiences. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Do you feel that you get the respect from your cast because of all of those experiences and the knowledge that you have? I mean, it, or is it just kind of from split? Some, from some of them, no, it's split from some of them. And listen, I could be really sarcastic also. Maybe I don't always have the patience I should have. Well, the- it's really interesting. You have such strength, but it's like when you're dealing, that's what makes these shows so amazing is that everybody comes from this different point of view, but you have this yes. really inward confidence and strength and you really call it as you see it. And I really trust you. I think the viewers trust you. I mean, like, you know, I mean, Teresa and all that, you know, they're fan favorites and stuff, but we all see what we see. We all have eyes. And if somebody yes. makes a wrong move, you know, you seem to be working with like a, a full deck. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'd like to think I have a full deck. I'm very lucid. Um, I try to be, <laughs> I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not worried about you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> I, try, I try to also be very self-aware. If I screw up, I'm going to say it. If my husband screwed up, I'm going to say it. I'm not one who has a hard time apologizing and meaning it, but whoever it is, I'm going to call it out and say it the way it is. I'm also not going to hold a grudge. I can move past the things very quickly also. Um, in I was talking with somebody from uh, the show Vanderpump Rules recently, and I was just saying the imagine like filming of just I would get a stomach ache so bad knowing that I have to call out things that I would normally not call out in my everyday life because I shy away from confrontation. I mean, what is the physical toll uh, these kind of shows have on I, you? I do feel well, listen, sometimes I just want to say it. I, but you don't ever want to really hurt somebody. Yeah. Like I feel bad. I don't want to hurt someone unless they're a real jerk, unless they're acting like a real jerk and, and they ask for it. Just well, um, your husband's in the pool, you the know, hypocrisy. Yeah. The husband's in the pool. Marty asked for it that day, but now listen, now we're friendly with Marty. He came to the house husbands to see the house husbands with his new girlfriend. You know, we can move past it. We're grown ups. He admits he was acting like a jerk. We're fine. We move everything moved past it. Uh, I, so I do sometimes, listen, sometimes I angst about it. Sometimes I feel badly for the person. Um, but, you know, some people never learn their lesson and they show no remorse. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, sorry, I'm dancing all around here, but no, there's so okay. much to talk to you about. Uh, has the re- uh, has the show um, hurt your relationship in any way with Joe, or has it helped it? I mean, we, he really is to me a fan favorite because he's just that guy that you're telling uh, like fix this in the house, fix that. But he yeah. also seems like a good-hearted individual. I mean. Are there things like, has this uh, made things awkward in any way or does yeah. he have a pretty good attitude about it? I will say the only thing it's made um, awkward is he gets, uh, I drive him absolutely crazy with the grooming. I think that's the only stress that I give him is just like um, your nose hairs are showing. Let me put gel in. Oh my God. I thought you meant like the dog. I didn't yeah. mean you meant him. I thought you meant like gr- grooming the dog. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, the dog's got to be groomed. No, you meant his no, own personal just, grooming. Listen, his own personal thing. I make him nuts because I was always on top of him before, but now I'm more on top of it. Uh, but that's it. You know, we're very... He is a very secure, confident man to be with a pain in the neck, um, outwardly woman like me. You know, and we did a lot to be together. So this, it would take any a lot to ever damage our relationship. And the, and this show, he enjoys it. He's he, you know he's been through everything. We've both been divorced. We've had businesses. We've been through so much. So for us, this is fun. He yeah. enjoys it. It's a good time. He doesn't compete with me. He's not jealous of any success. He is my cheerleader all day long. I am very, very blessed to have a husband like Joe. I really am. We're, we're very lucky people. With Would you ever try to get him to shave his mustache? Never. Oh, <laughs> I love a man. Ryan, just like you, I love a man with facial hair. Never. He's, I, he told me he had a mustache since he's 13. I've never seen <laughs> Um, I feel like you have manifested a lot of things in your life um, in, a, yeah. in a really positive way. But 10 years ago, would you have ever imagined where you are today with a book, with a show? I mean, you, you were already succeeding in business, but was this part of the overall plan? And could you speak to a little bit about how this opportunity came up? Uh, and I know uh, you do that in the book, but it, you know, what was the decision to actually do this show? And were you trying to get on this show? I wasn't. It's funny. I did see myself on TV only because I was doing a lot of lifestyle expert things. I was on Today Show. I was on Fox 5. I was on a lot of different things. I had an agent. And my uh, agent, Amy Rosenblum at the time, uh, said to me, you must do a reality show. But it was going to be a reality show with myself and Joe. And it was called Pigtails and Power Tools. And we were signed with two different production companies. One, the first one was McGilla. Another one was called 495 Productions, which is Sally Ann Salsano. And oh, yeah. And she's great. And I love her. But our show didn't get picked up. So Housewives had come to me in season, their season six, the season of the twins. And they'll admit to it that they had asked me to do it then. And I was like, I can't. I'm doing my own show. They tried to get they tried to get me out of my contract. P.S. Did I ever get my own show? No. But I did see myself in some kind of TV thing, only because my agent was like, you're such a nutcase. You you and your husband work out of your house. You have women who work for you. You're crazy. You, you have the pigtails. Yeah, you know, the whole nonsense. So I did see myself on a show. So when Housewives had come back to me in season eight, I had just moved in this house. I had a horrible lawsuit. And they had come to me. They're like, we're looking for a new housewife. You didn't do it for, you know, we're starting production in a few weeks. Um, it just it fell into my lap almost. It really fell into my lap. But did I, could I pictured me on New Jersey Housewives 10 years ago? No, it's like our life has taken a total, you know, 180, 360s all the way around. So 180. Um, no. Yeah, like all I, of a sudden, if you go out, you are immediately noticed. Where yes. if you, with, you know, Macbeth and things like that, people don't necessarily put no. the name, like back in the day, but now no. you go out, you're going to have to deal with people. 
Yeah, no, people knew me from the trade show circuit. That was it. I, Joe and I, when we go out, it's very funny. Every uh, people, I look so different so many times. I don't always wear makeup. I change my hair. So people are know it's me as soon as I open my mouth. Joe, <laughs> consistently, he looks like Super Mario. Everybody sees <laughs> Joe and they're like, oh my God, Joe, oh, Marge, oh my God. Yes, it's very funny. And Marge Senior gets recognized. But, you know, we've lived here in this area for so long. I've lived literally from a mile within the same house since 1991. Everybody in my area knows me, you know? It, yeah. It's area. So it's like, I am like a staple in this town. <laughs> so I, I ever, so if, if I go- So it just kind of, it just, yeah. it just elevates it yeah, to like, like the whole, the yeah, whole yeah, yeah, yeah. country, yeah, yeah, yeah. just not this area of yes. town. Um, uh, what is the, you know, can you speak to a little bit about fans? You did a book tour and you got to meet so many people. Yes. My buddy Samaj, you know, is uh, love. Yeah, loves, love, love. Wherever I am, Samaj shows up. No, that's what I'm saying. Like he he tour, he follows you around like the Grateful Dead. Yeah, I love it. He's a doll. But you got to meet so many fans, and that must have been a positive experience. I mean, is that how you feel about the fandom? Or because Bravo way, fans can get intense. No, the way I feel about the fandom, Joe is concerned. I'm gonna let the people move in. He is, it is just. I am so blessed that at this age, anybody loves me, wants to take a picture. I'm not one of those people who are like, don't take a picture. I am. So, I feel so grateful that anybody wants to be around me. I love every second of it. So I spend so much time, like even on my book, you know, when I had my first book signing, it took hours and hours because I want to know their life story. I want to know what motivates them. So I'm like talking, having personal discussion. They have my cell phone number, you know, I always say I'm much more accessible than people realize. Yeah. yeah I mean, so you I'm seem great. like you really, really care. Um, no, what- I do. And I enjoy it. What is the um, weirdest fan encounter you've had so far? I, I've had people, uh, Bravo celebrities say, you know, I've had to sign somebody's arm and they got it as a tattoo. I mean, have you had oh, any? I, I did that. I did that also. I got someone. <laughs> I, I, I have someone who has my uh, signature tattooed on their arm as well. Oh my God. What if it's the same person that you just have it all is. Bravo Leb tattoos of signatures? I do. And I, and I love him very much. He's a, he's a dog. I'm not going to say his name online, but he's, he's a sweetheart and he sends gifts um, for Lexi's son, even he's such a, he's really an angel, but the other thing is, and, and he follows me also. And I love him. I met him and his boyfriend for lunch and I don't know, it's just so funny. And his boyfriend was, he's telling me he's polyamorous. And I was like, why do you want to compete with the, all the, you know, the entire country of people? Why not just half the country and they're cocktailing it up at lunch. Oh my God. It's like, I'm giving love advice. I take them out to lunch and they're wasted. It was just, I get my. This is why you have a you have a podcast too. I mean, this is why like I want your opinions on everything. Like you just said, I would I would spend like a hundred dollars to hear your thoughts on polyamory. Like I just want to know what you think about certain things in life because it seems like you have a strong opinion about everything. I do. I do have a strong opinion. I'm not afraid to say. But that's why. So when the boyfriend went to the bathroom, he's telling me the boyfriend's (laughs) still sleeping with the girlfriend. I'm like, under no circumstances, (laughs) this is over. I am telling you right now, we don't need to compete with a hundred percent of the population. It's enough. You know. I'm like, tell, and the kid comes back and I'm like smiling and, you know, and I was, oh my God, the poor thing. And then I had told this story somewhere else and he heard me and he wrote to me my DMs. He's like, I upset you that day. I was like, no, you didn't upset me. It was just so funny. And he I upset you that day. I know, and he made me artwork and it was three dimensional and I brought it home to Joe and it was just, it was just very funny. The whole situation. Oh, I'm, I should say his name because I love him so much. His name is called The Twink Next Door. 
Oh, I think I, I'm you aware of the twink next door. I think I do know the, the twink, twink next, next door. door. Yeah. He's so adorable. And I just happen to love him. And, and then he saw Joe and I, he came to see us somewhere and then he almost got run over with the car. And Joe's like, watch out twink. Or I don't know what he's like, <laughs> so cute. Watch, watch <laughs> out twink. That, you need to make a t-shirt that says watch out twink like that. Watch you out can, twink. It's so good. It's so, it's, it's just, he's so sweet, you know? Uh, um, in the future, uh, maybe not this season, but upcoming, like what is the future have in store for you in your mind? Uh, because like I said, you did, you couldn't predict the book or the show, but are you in a place of like manifesting where you're like, okay, this is the next thing. Like I want a, I, I want a lifetime thought, movie based yeah. on my life, you know? Uh, by the way, there's two things. Um, I'll do the movie thing quick, quick view. I could see with Mark Singer and I, cause our story is so, is so good. I could see Kate Hudson and Goldie Hawn playing me and Mark Singer. Perfect. For sure. There could be a great movie. I mean, with Mark Singer and the married boyfriends hiding in the closet and her and her husband. <laughs> I mean, you know, I could just see like Kate Hudson, Goldie Hawn. That would just be amazing. Minnie Marge and Mark Singer. That would be one thing. Uh, number two, I did, I am starting a new company. It's called Soiree. It, it is a mocktail, but it's very, it's very fabulous. It's uh, four flavors. It's elevated. It's in slim cans because, you know, I don't drink and I choose not to drink. And everybody gives Well, you me- drink cold brew. I, I got I on the cold, cold brew, brew because of yes. you uh, last season. You. Yes, I drink cold brew, but I, I don't drink alcohol. And there's many reasons I don't. One, I could not stand to watch my mother drink and be sloppy. Two, when I do try to drink, I get a horrible, horrible headache. So I can't even drink if I want to. And, you know, there's many reasons people don't drink and they choose not to drink you know, they're, they don't, they're not in the mood. They want to feel great the next day. So Lexi and I have just started a company called Soiree, Soiree Your Way, How to Use Soiree. And it's um, a mocktail. It's only 45 calories. It's lightly sparkling because I don't like too much fizz. Seltzer gives me total gas pains. So um, so this is coming out because I need something to, t- you know, support the rest of my entire entourage for the rest of their life. Yeah, I mean, do you? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to sum that you're you're like uh, Kanye West all of a sudden. You got a lot of people around you. No, like, I do, and you know what? And and everybody has stuck by me through thick and thin. I just want to say, my t- I am nothing without my team, and everybody has been with me literally forever. And we're we're like we're such a family. I mean, I was in the delivery room with Lexi, and I was holding her one leg. I said she gave birth so beautifully. She didn't even get a mess on my cashmere sweater when the kids. Were- <laughs> <laughs> that and, says something. That's a friend. Yeah, that's a friend. She's amazing. And then she doesn't even know Joe's in the room videotaping. She, she didn't even know until she saw the video afterwards. So, you know, I have her, her son, you know, her family. I have a beautiful Lisa. Like, I just have such an amazing team that has stuck by me. And, you know, I need something for all of us to just keep carrying us th- through. You know, um, Macbeth, Macbeth too is, is great. And I'm still licensing and doing that. But I need something that really speaks to me. And, and speaks to, you know, what's going on in the current. Well, I, lo- I looked up Macbeth and I got to tell you, this Shakespeare guy totally stole that name from you. I he know. Used I don't know it, he uses it for some play movie thing. Um, exactly. Wait, why did you name it Macbeth? Well, I started it with Margaret and Beth, but Beth went by the wayside very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> very and it quickly. can't just be called Mac, you know. Yeah. It's, and, you know, I never it's a good name. Really knew it was going to turn out to be a big company when I started. I started at my kitchen table. And I, you know, I was like, oh, this is great. This is a great idea. And I'm telling you, it was like, boom. It's just, I loved it. I, I've always loved everything I've always done. It's always been a passion of mine to do it. It wasn't about the money. It was just about being creative and having a business after I left the garment center. And it really, it just really took off and it really, it happened. And I, you know, I just, I always hustled. I always hustled for it and everything else, but I really loved it. I always say to Lexi, when we were up all night doing trade shows and 24 hours and 
you know, really suffering. It was good times. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, I love origin stories of somebody of like, if you bust your ass, amazing things can happen and it can happen for people around you as well. And you guys, I'm going to put all this on the show notes, but margaretjosephs.com is an amazing hub where you can find all of this. It's a really well done website and it has links to everything, but I'm going to put that all on the show notes. Um, as we start wrapping up, um, uh, do you have a, like 10 more minutes, five minutes? What yes, you- yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um, you really, anybody could talk to you forever. Uh, so where are we... Where we go into this next season, uh, or just could you speak to your feelings, not even about this season, but uh, with Jackie right now, you know, I mean, you guys seem to be close where you oh, guys- Jackie and I are very close. We, you know, we speak on the phone every day. She literally lives at, you know, a few miles from me, one town over. She, she's fabulous. Did you feel bad about last season? Well, about- season I wanted to die. I felt terrible. And, you know, listen, you know what I really felt terrible about is because- you know, Jennifer was trying to spin it that my husband knew when I started the rumor. It, you know, everything got so misconstrued, but we're so bonded. She knew none of that was true. And she just went through it because that was a made up story. And she was so sensitive. But listen, if someone said she has little kids in a school system, if someone said to me, my Joe was cheating on me, it wouldn't even affect me in two seconds because yeah. there's it's not true. It's not happening. It didn't happen. And if it did happen, I'd be like, and if I knew about it, I'd be like, all right, it happened. And, you know, and I would deal with it. Well, that's what I'm saying. These shows like highlights. I mean, we all make like really weird mistakes in our own life. The only difference is that we don't have cameras around us. Thank God. This coming season, I've highlighted some other people's mistakes. I'm not going to lie. They pushed me to it. They pushed, they pushed me to it. Uh, I mean, that's they love to point out me that they, they, they slut shame the Marge. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's what it, you, you have this kind of interesting role in this cast. If you look at the cast, like a, a justice league or the Avengers, yeah. you have this role of kind of sticking up for things that you see as right. And it goes against, I mean, I just feel like, uh, I'm trying to say this delicately, like you seem to be able to use all of your faculties and like sometimes <laughs> yes, it's hard, yes. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and also even with Teresa, it's like, you guys are like the Batman and Joker sometimes together where you guys need each other in certain ways because you bounce really well off each other in a fighting sense. But yes. that's kind of horrible though, in the same way, because who wants to be fighting all the time? You know what? I really, the truth is she doesn't believe it, but I really do care for her. And I try and talk sense into her on a regular basis. And she's always thinking I'm coming from a bad place and I'm not. Well, I think after 13 seasons, she's probably ready for everybody to come from a bad place. I would imagine. Well, that's what I find so interesting about these shows is that you, you know, somebody, a doctor is going to study the effects that it has on a housewife's brain, having to watch most of their life go through this. Did you watch Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip? And would you do that show? Uh, Yes, I liked Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip. It looked a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah, I did too. Um, Yeah, wasn't it? It was great. And of course I would do it. I would have I can't first I can't wait for the um second season to come out. I know at Dorinda is at Bluestone Manor. Are we, yeah, are I'm, you seeing, I'm seeing her tonight, actually. Oh, she was like such a great interview. She was so nice and cool. Yeah. And I think she has like a new bourbon out or something. She um, has a new bourbon. Yes. Um, okay, uh, really quickly, where are uh Dolores is interesting because Dolores you know, is friends with Teresa, but she will stick up for you in situations. Are you in a good uh, place with her? Yeah. Well, Dolores and I also talk on the phone every single day. Dolores and I are very, very close. That's good. I like her. I I like her a lot. Yeah. I think that's sometimes hard for her, but she knows, I mean, her and I are just, Dolores and I are much more similar, I think, than people realize. And we have a lot in common. We do a lot of charity events together. 
Um, we think the same. Uh, I don't put my son on the show, but we're both obsessed with our sons and she knows that. And, and Frankie has spoken to my son before about business. So we're all very, we're, we are very close as a family. She's very close with my husband as well. So yeah, Dolores is great. Uh, is there ever been a moment doing housewives where you said, I'm not coming back for another season? I know you have to get invited back, but was there ever a thing of like, this has gone too far. I don't need I this. I think when I had my ponytail pulled yeah. that second, that moment in that moment, I was like, this is not my life. Yeah. At, at that moment, that day for two days, I was like, this is not my life. I, you know, I've never had something like this happen. I mean, even that I threw a glass of water on her, I was like, cause I felt like something was going to happen. I know, you know, not that, you know, I just wanted to, it, what didn't diffuse it obviously, but she was coming in my space. She kept, and I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and listen, I've thrown a glass of water at my ex-husband. I've thrown, you know, just in a fit of rage. I'm not going to lie. It's not like I'm Mrs. Innocence, but <laughs> I've never physically assaulted someone like that. And I think when that happened, I was like, wow, this is so not what I am. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we love you for who you are. And I think the show really does a good job of highlighting what an amazing woman you are. Uh, oh, you guys- it's margaretjosephs.com. Really, it is a, uh, a hub of all of the things that she's involved in. And let me tell you guys, it's a lot. And she's been doing this for a while. This is not some like fly by night, flash in the pan, like one wick, three wick candle. There's a whole <laughs> business going on here. And the book is excellent. It's Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget. We saw her talking about it last season, but the book is actually here. The the We want things like this. So the best way to keep getting things like this is to go buy a copy of this book. And also, of course, we know February 1st is the uh, 12th season of Real Housewives of New Jersey. It'll be her fifth season. We've seen like really a intense preview where, I mean, from the preview, we know her and Teresa get in. We hear all these rumors. I don't like to spoil that because we'll actually see it with our own eyes. But uh, besides the uh, the mocktail and things like that, is there anything we can support you with right now? Oh, just basically, I would say go um, listen to my podcast, yes. Have Your Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget. We release uh, two episodes a month and it's all about entrepreneurship. It's not pop culture. It's about entrepreneurship. Any disruptors, anybody who started a business. Um, who do you look up to in business? Uh, I mean, Sarah Blakely. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah Blakely. Yeah. As what do you think of like, like, like Skims and Kardashian stuff? How well, they elevated the business? I mean, I think they've done a great job. They have created an absolute industry. They're amazing. Yeah. They were influencers. You know, th their mother has, Chris Jenner has really put them on the map, but they have really learned how to work the system and create a lot of things. But Sarah Blakely legitimately made some, you know, designed a product that was never out there um, and has just created the most unbelievable thing. And she's so charitable and she's, she's just amazing. So are I you just, constantly thinking about new ideas or, oh, yeah. or changing I, the game or being yes, your own yes. disruptor? Yeah, that's what I think about. And listen, there's been other mocktails out there just recently. Um, Blake Lively came out with Betty Buzz, you know, which is very interesting, but it's totally different than Soiree. Uh, let, I've taken a long time to perfect soiree with Lexi over the last, uh, the course of this last year. Um, the flavors, the being natural, you know, people have been coming out with CBD drinks and everything else. And yeah. I really want to change the beverage industry and the way people look at um, not drinking and, and things like that. Ours is all inclusive. You could spike it. <laughs> um, and it's not, and it's not a drink that tastes like an alcoholic beverage, right? Because it's like, if you do it, it's just an adult 
fabulous beverage that's all inclusive. So I do want, yes, I do want to be a disruptor. And the truth is, I know this, you're going to think I'm absolutely crazy, but Macbeth Collection, when I started, was a disruptor in the gift industry. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why I was on the old list six times. We, I created something out of nothing. Buckets, it sounds absolutely nuts. I made it into beautiful home storage. I was in Neiman Marcus, Saks, everywhere. I brought monogramming back, like, you know, from 20 years ago. We were in the Hamptons. I was in every, you know, and I really took something utilitarian that no one used and thought was hideous just for paint and made it very fashionable for everybody's high-end home. So I always feel like we were always on the pulse of something and sometimes maybe a little too ahead of ourselves. So. That's that's amazing. And, yeah. and lastly, just about in terms of social media and business, mm-hmm. you know, this has been created really in the last 10 years of use where you were even talking about the Kardashians yeah. being influencers. How, 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 how has it been for you to find your way around social media for use in business? Has it been uh, uh, difficult? Do you enjoy it? Do you like, you know, cause you couldn't have predicted this 30 years ago that no. this would be where we were. I think you know? it's so much easier for people to start a business in social media because they have that opportunity. I mean, everybody's popping up with the business because you could just put it out there. So it was hard for me because even when I got on the show, I didn't have my own personal social media. I wasn't like really on Instagram. I wasn't into it. And it is a business unto itself. So it was hard, harder for me to navigate that because the girls in my office are like, Margaret, you have to be doing, you know, your own Instagram and all of this. And obviously I've learned the ropes <laughs> and have done it, but it's really, it's been a plus. It's been great for business and that's how you really get it out there. So it's, it's been a great help. You guys, I, I just, I wish I could now talk two hours for business, but go over to her podcast and she is going to be talking all about business and disruptors. Uh, but Margaret Josephs, thank you so much for being here today. I, we are all such fans. Thank you for spending all of this time with us. We truly appreciate it. And, and that's it. Thank you so much. Well, I so love being here, Brian Bailey. I love it. And this was so great. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. This was the best. Five, four, three. That's a He doesn't want to be in this marriage. He doesn't need to do me any favors. You ask for loyalty, you give loyalty. I hate fighting with my family. I don't know what I'm doing to myself. I just don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) You better stay the f*** out of my face. You want to try to pop my love bubble? It's not going to happen. Keep lying, Teresa. This guy's been a white trash bitch. Summer in Jersey, bring it on. <laughs> this season on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I would love to start having some fun. <laughs> Which one of you watches more porn? I watch as I drive. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's play ball. Like she's sucking a pee-pee and she doesn't even know how. <laughs> I think you're a little rusty. <laughs> wow, Nashville! We ride in dirt! <laughs> <laughs> fake hair, fake tits, we don't care. <gasps> Your brother is saying things about dad. She looks at me like I'm the devil. Their father was the devil. That's when I walk away from him. What's your mother doing? She's in danger of a heart attack at any minute. They're gonna have to crack her chest open. You're f- 
kidding me. Are you asked him if you want a divorce? She doesn't even know if her marriage is going to last. She doesn't know if she wants to stay Jennifer, with Bill. I think right now she's hurting, and that's why I'm being a friend to her. I didn't want this to happen. I know it's painful. You're going to get through it. I just thought I'd have more time. I love you. I love you, too. This guy is no, charming as like There's a car salesman. I don't know why she wants to hide everything. Why are they still filming? Why is just the constant conflicting stories? I don't like how you're nasty talking behind my back about my boyfriend. You do not want Margaret to be your enemy. No. You're a sick, disgusting liar. <laughs> Teresha should be careful. Tell her to shut the up. You're gonna respect me. Really? What the are you gonna do about it? She sounds like a hater. I don't give a what you say. Because I'm trying to explain to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch my video. Please subscribe to my page if you haven't already. And while you're on my page, check out my other videos. And let me know if you agree or disagree with anything that I said. And down below in the description area under more Marcus, I put my Instagram and Twitter information. So go follow me, guys. That way you can send me a DM for any video requests that you have for me. I can't wait to talk to you all again. Try on all your nights like this. I might. Betches.